my name's Colleen Getty, and I'm here with The Room to Write with our The Journey of a Story series, and we're talking with romance author Laurel Ostagai today, and she's going to tell us a little bit about how she writes and what she's writing these days. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, Laurel. Hi. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. Thanks. Um, so we'll start out with the usual question of just sort of trying to get a picture of how you write, what's it look like, what's it what's the process and that sort of thing. Sure. Um, I try and write whenever I get a moment. So what I mean by that is I typically will write um, early in the morning with a cup of coffee, which is nice. Like I picture myself on the couch kind of curled up. Um, I, I do work full time. So um, it's usually in the morning or the evening hours that I find those times where I have a little bit of time to myself where I can kind of process it and write. I do take a lot of notes. Um, I send myself a lot of notes. Um, I talk into my cell phone a lot, and um, so when I'm driving or, you know, I have a moment to myself, I kind of will, will add some things and send it to myself to kind of remind myself later to write about that or to add that to a story. So, um, yeah, I, I try and find and steal any moment that I can to write. And you're a mom, so you have yep. to do that. Yep. <laughs> uh, we've had a few moms on here, and they've given us some tips on how to sneak it in. So uh, you're on your third book now. Yes. And so yep. how, what is the breakdown as far as, I mean, what's the timeline? If you're just finding time in the mornings and the evenings, uh, how are you able to get all of that written? Yeah, I mean, I think it's the quantity of the time. So, you know, um, if I can get a couple of chapters in, um, in that time, I think that that is sort of sets the pace. Um, outlines are a big thing. I learned that the hard way. Um, my first book, I, I did not do an outline. Um, and so I found myself having to go back and read a lot and then pick up where I left off where with an outline. I can kind of already look at the sheet of paper and say, okay, now I'm on chapter six. Here's where I need to go from there. So I'm not rereading so much as I was before. So that has helped me pick up the pace a little bit and be able to write quicker in a shorter period of time. Okay, so you're cranking it out. Yeah, and <laughs> trying <laughs> uh, to, yeah. You have, so you said you didn't do, a, I've heard the terms planners and pantsers, so it sounds like you're a planner. Uh, what is that, like, I guess, how did you always write? Did you always write as a planner? Did you always write as a novelist, or what is, sort of why are you a writer right now, I guess? Yeah, I, um, I used to write a lot in journals. So I was that person that always wrote my thoughts down, um, memories, things that I wanted to keep. I was constantly writing. I have tons and tons of journals tucked away that I always wrote. Um, I was the person that when I traveled, I wrote down what I did. Um, and then I think for me, it got to a point where I had so many stories in my head of, of moments and things, and I just thought, you know, I should just really try and write mm -hmm. a book, which is a big undertaking and <laughs> is, it was scary. So I actually tried to write one many, many years ago, um, back when there was floppy disks, if you can believe wow. that. So yeah, so <laughs> it's, it's, it's somewhere that it doesn't exist anymore because I can't get it off of it. But um, yeah, I just got, to, I used to commute a lot back and forth to Boston. Um, and I had this story in my head that I would just constantly daydream as I was driving and um, it was one of those where I thought, I just really have to start writing this down and see where it goes. So that was the first book. Um, and that's why I didn't have an outline because I think I was constantly thinking about it. Mm -hmm. So I just, every time I thought about it, I'd get home and, and write what I just thought about in the car and it sort of progressed from there. 
And so um, how does one find to be a novelist that writes romance? Did it just always, did you always see yourself going that direction or how did that happen? Yeah, I, that's a great question. I think the genre sort of picked me, if that makes any sense, because of the stories. So um, I like to say it, while I'm a romance writer, um, you know, when I'm trying to pitch my books, which I'm not very good at, which I can get to later, but <laughs> um, I try and tell people it's a little bit different than a typical romance. Um, so I guess the genre sort of picked me because it didn't know where else to go, but there's a huge romantic element to it. Um, but I'm actually in the new adult category, so I'm not young adult because of the content, and I'm not in the bodice ripper sort of category <laughs> of romance. So when I do describe it, I say I'm a new adult romance writer, and that the more you talk about it, people start to go, oh, okay, I kind of get that genre and that you know sort of area that I'm in. So it's specific, but um, what is that? I mean, yeah, so new adult is really the content. I guess is um, how I describe it to people is because I'm it's the 18 to sort of 25. It's the subject matter that is would be considered too old for new adult, but it's not that um, 30s and 40s, children, marriage, that kind of romance. Okay. Um, so I think the 18 to 25, even maybe younger than a uh, little, um, sorry, younger than 30 would be fine, but um, it's just the content that really puts you in the new adult category. So I wouldn't want to market myself as young adult because that wouldn't really be. Right. And it wouldn't be just plain fiction because it's too romantic. Correct. Okay. Yep. <laughs> yep. There's so many genres out I there. I know. I mean, that's <laughs> what I mean. It's like I had to learn that when I finally put my book out and people all over were saying, nope, you're new adult. Yeah. So. And that's, I mean, that's something we haven't talked about. I don't know if you want to go into it at all any, any more than that, but picking your genre, maybe you didn't even know exactly what you were writing when you were writing it. You're writing your story yep. and then you get to the point where you're publishing and they need to know where they're going to sell Correct. this. Correct. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So somebody that was... Um, I, I, Goodreads is a really good um, resource and I c sort of pitched my book on that to ask, I was looking for beta readers um, and someone said to me, oh, you're not a young adult. Um, and then almost immediately people started adding, yep, no, you, you're definitely new adult. Uh, and then I started researching new adult and I thought, oh my God, yes, I am. I'm in that category and that's really how I found out about, it. so the book was already written um, mm. and they basically, a lot of people said, no, you're in this category. So that's how I found out about it. Interesting. So yep. you thought you were writing young adult the whole time? Pretty much, yeah, because okay. I assumed the 17 to 18 year old when they're starting college, um, yeah, I just assumed that and yeah. people were like, no, it's, it would be considered new adult, so I just went with it. All right. Yeah. And so speaking of beta readers, yep. uh, that is something that is interesting and that people talk about that they j you almost feel like you're supposed to know exactly what that is. And yep. uh, I don't know if you want to go into more detail about where do you find a beta reader? What is a beta reader? Yep. And are they worthwhile? Can you skip them? You know, what's the value there, et cetera? Yeah, they are so valuable. Um, beta reader is basically someone that you hire and whether you pay for them or you don't, that's completely your choice. Um, I prefer to pay for the service because I, um, I feel like it's very separate from having a friend read it, um, but really a beta reader is someone that, in, in my instance, I hire, I pay them to read my novel and basically rip it apart. And by ripping it apart, it's really very um, appropriate critique of 
the book. They're usually people that are very passionate about romance, new adult. They'll actually um, advertise themselves and say, I really love paranormal romance. I really love sci-fi. So you want to pick someone that really loves your genre. And so that usually means they've read a lot of them. And right. so by reading a lot of them, they'll know, hey, this book is not going to sell. And here's why. Um, or here's what I thought was really good, but what needs to be fixed. Typically, their job is not to tell you what's good about your book, um, which I really like because, you know, I, I, I appreciate the compliments and everything. And when you do get one from a beta reader, you know it's like really, oh yeah, oh yeah, it's really <laughs> legit. And they just had to, to tell you something was really good. But their job is really to tell you all the things that are wrong. Um, and so typically you should hire um, and again, whether it's, there are free services. So if you go on a lot of websites, you can actually put in beta reader. You can find people that just love it for the idea of getting in front of a new novel. Um, avid readers that are just looking for something to do. Retired people, um, ex-librarians, ex-editors, things, people that are just still want to continue into the business and help people. And then there are people where this is their real job, that they, you hire them, um, I find the price very reasonable. I don't find it to be really expensive. I think it's what very- What would a typical price be? Yeah, I mean, I've paid anywhere from oh, $50 to $200. Um, per reader? Per reader. It depends on the length of the book. Um, it depends on what you're asking them to do. Some of them will tell you, here's what I'll do for you. Um, others will say, you know, what are you looking for? And you can give them questions and say, can you, you know, answer these 10 questions for me and tell me what you think. Okay. Um, typically, they'll do it chapter by chapter. They'll actually do track changes in your novel, um, which I love. I always say to them, please mess this up as much as possible. <laughs> because at this point, you have so many versions of it somewhere in your computer, it's not going away. Right. Um, Are you ever nervous about, so like, I'm a person, I'm coming, I'm looking for a beta reader. Where do I look? Are there websites that you would recommend? Maybe websites you would recommend to stay away from? Um, and then also, like, what are the are the risks with having somebody read your work to the point where they can actually edit it or track changes with the editor? Yep. Um, I think Goodreads is really great for the author enthusiast community and anyone that really loves to read is on Goodreads. Um, I'm not on there as much as I probably should be. I'm busy writing, so I know people go on there a lot and say, I'm reading this book today, which I love. I, I get um, alerts a lot saying, like, you know, my friends are reading this, which I love to see. Mm -hmm. But what I like about Goodreads is that they're very specific about what you put on there. And so there are sections that you cannot advertise if you're a pay service. So they don't want people getting, um, say you're looking for somebody and you don't have the money to pay or you don't want to. Um, Goodreads really backs that person up and says, you know, you can't put paid services on here. Then they'll have a section that says, if you're looking for someone that wants to advertise paid service, you can go over here. And so they will actually let you sort of go in between the two. There's a moderator on there. I see her picture constantly, and I think she does a fabulous job of saying, you know, you should really be over in this section. Um, you know, this to the writer? I, I believe so. I'm not sure her job, but I <laughs> always see her little picture icons. Okay. So I just know, I just know by like what she looks like. Yeah. Floating around. <laughs> um, and she does a great job of basically saying almost get off here. You should be over here. Um, 
and then you can communicate with people so they can see you writing back and forth. So you almost feel that there's that secureness of um, the person's legit. They're on there. They have to have mm -hmm. a profile. They have to say who they are. Um, could someone take your money and run? Absolutely. You always risk that chance in 2018 with how many websites and everything there is. So, right. um, is Goodreads a free service or is that something? Yeah, it oh, is. Okay. Yep. Yep. Anyone so, could go on. Uh, any that you know, like steer clear of this one or like things to look for that if somebody's looking for a beta reader, what are some guidelines that maybe they should keep in mind? Or um, I always talk to people about beta readers when I read an aspiring author, uh, someone that's my friend that's an author, um, anybody that wants to ask me, I always say reach out to someone that's done it because right now I have a pocket full of recommendations that I can give to someone mm -hmm. and say these were excellent beta readers. Mm. Um, and it's all by reference. So somebody, you know, this new girl that I used this time, her um, reviews were phenomenal. Like people were just like, I almost feel bad putting how great she is because some other people are going to use her. And that was Goodreads? Yeah, and oh, that was okay. through Goodreads. So that's one thing. But I always tell people to reach out to me, ask me. I'm happy to share my beta readers because that's the beauty of this business is once someone does a really good job, you want them to get business somewhere else because it keeps them in it and it, it shows your gratitude for what they did for you. Um, so I, I say re reach out to authors. Uh, and reach out to someone that you know that is either an author or an aspiring author and get the name of someone and just email and just say, hey, do you have any good beta readers? And, and how many would you say you should have? Is one enough or? No, I, I would say at a minimum four. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just four different people's opinions and you can't go wrong with that. So my last book, I had six. I was very pleased with that. It does get towards the end where the last person doesn't have as many recommendations. It's always the first person. <laughs> like right. I always I always set the stage by sending it to the first person saying, you are my first beta reader. And it's almost like I want them to just take a deep breath and go, wow, it's, this is going to be a lot. You know, it's <laughs> a lot a lot to look through. Right. And, um, and then hopefully by the, like the sixth person, their recommendations are, you know, hey, you should kind of change this scene a little bit or this character could use a little bit of this. Um, but it's usually not so much meat of the story because you have changed so much. So so, be, so you'd have first beta reader reading it and you would make your edits after that? Yep. You wouldn't have a few at the same time? No, okay. I always use, I personally want to use one document because that's the only way I know how to keep it all fluid right. to where by the time I send it to my editor, it's one document that has been worked and, and reworked and talked about and you know all that kind of stuff. So I don't want too many out there that I get confused or. Right. Okay. And so a beta reader is different from an editor. Yes. Even though yep. it sounds like they sort of serve what pre-editing services basically because yep. they're kind of giving you feedback. Yep. Um, so do you pay for an editor or is that something that comes with you know however you publish it or what's that look like? I self-publish so um, which basically means I um, put it up through CreateSpace, which is a wonderful resource. Um, and I, I'm on a bunch of different, so I'm on Barnes and Nobles, I'm on Kobo, I'm on iPhones, iTunes, um, any Amazon, basically anywhere books are sold. Mm -hmm. um, but an editor basically um, gets you to that point where they'll actually design the in, internally design it for you which is a, is very difficult to do as well um, but yes I highly recommend spending 
most of your budget on an editor. Um, it really makes or breaks the story, and their job is really to um, line by line, punctuation, vocabulary, uh, content, flow, um, character plot, holes in your story. Um, so usually if a good editor will have your book for a couple months the first time around, mm -hmm. and then you work with revisions. Um, but I would not never skimp on an editor. They are worth the money. Um, it's a make or break, I think, truly. Um, I would never ask a friend to read. Um, I just think that that's something that somebody studies to do. Um, many people go to school for it, or they worked under someone for 10 years, and now they're freelancing. Um, so I highly recommend paying most of your budget for a very good editor. Uh, and again, recommendations are big. And I'm guessing an editor is going to be more than a beta reader. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. A good editor should cost. Um, and they, like for in instance, my editor, um, she actually does internal design. So she actually sets your book up directly to print. So she asks what size you want. She does all the graphics inside. She does your... Um, you know, your acknowledgments page, your um, ISBN page, she does everything, the copyright page, so she does everything nuts to bolts on the inside. Um, and do you find her through CreateSpace, or how do you find an editor? No, I actually found her uh, through another author. Okay. Um, it, she was recommended to me. Um, I can see why they recommend her. She's absolutely wonderful. Um, and she actually lives in Indiana, so I don't know if yeah. I'll ever meet her. I hope someday, <laughs> too, because she has done wonders for me, and I can't say enough wonderful things about her. But she lives in Indiana, and she is a freelance editor. This is her job. She has her own company, yeah. um, and she's fabulous. So she came through a recommendation, and I could not be happier with her. So nice. I, will, I plan on sticking with her as long as she'll keep <laughs> me. So <laughs> yeah. I have to take a trip to Indiana. Yep. Um, so we, when you're doing your um, editing and your beta reading, have you, you know, I like to kind of ask about how does your story change? Does it change? Uh, and maybe you want to talk a little bit about the, you know, where you have the three different books. The first one you didn't so much outline, uh, yep. but how did things change in terms of when you started writing? Did you know where it was going to end? Uh, did it end where you thought it would, or uh, did you give it to beta readers or editors? Does that change the game? You know, sort of maybe talk about the process of the actual story itself and, and how that kind of forms and maybe what you've learned over the last three books. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I would say with the second book, um, it definitely changes a lot during it. And, and you really, um, you have to be really humble in yourself and you have to sort of take a moment and step back and think that these people are really just trying to help you mm -hmm. and you can't take things personally. I've had people say you should take that entire chapter and throw it out and I did. <laughs> I didn't even wow. think twice about it. I thought if someone really feels that passionately is trying to help me, they said you do not need it. It, sh it has no value to the story um, and I took the entire thing out and just stuck it in a folder somewhere and never to be thought of or seen <laughs> again. Um, so yes, it does change a lot. They, they will give you recommendations. Um, I've had people tell me they've hated a character. I've had people tell me they absolutely love a character. Um, I've learned also to ask better qu questions of the beta readers. What do you think of my main character? Is she relatable? Um, do you actually like her? Uh, you know, do you find her sympathetic? Do you find her kind? Um, 
you know, can you even envision what she looks like? That's, that's a big thing too. I've had people say, I have no idea what that person looks like. And I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot to put really like a good description of what they look like. I know what they look like right? because they're in my head. But um, so I've had people tell me those things where you kind of step back and go, wow, I'm so glad I had someone read this and tell me those things because otherwise you just go along in your own mind. And, you know, you want to be respectful of your editor too. They're you know, when you hire a professional, they're professional and they really want you to give you, um, they really want you to give them a product that's worthy of their time and their energy. And, you know, I've learned that a lot through from my first book to my third, mm-hmm. um, just being better prepared when I send it through um, it, is a big deal. I, you know, I almost looking back on the first one, um, you know, we had, it took a lot longer to edit it and she was very, she was teachable. She, she taught me, I should say. So she would say, here's what I'm going to tell you about it. And she gave me a lot of notes, notes that I still keep mm-hmm. and I won't send them to her. Um, and the second book until I read over all her notes from the first book and apply it to the second book. So a really good editor will also do that. So, right. um, and that's not something that they're saying, here's what you're paying for is all these notes. They, they just do right. it because they want their product, which is they're putting their name in your book. Mm-hmm. Um, to be good too, so. And so uh, through the three books, did you like one better than the other or was, were the, I mean, you know, we know that you didn't just sit down and crank out this book and then there were, you know, sort of what is the mess, what does it look from the messy point of view in terms of uh, did one book take longer than the other and which was your favorite book to write? Maybe which was your favorite book to read if there's two different ones mm-hmm. and uh, maybe a little bit more uh, about the the three different sure. that can kind of bring them to life for yeah. us. Yeah, the first book was long. It's 474 pages. Um, I really enjoyed writing it, but it took me a really long time. It took me about four years to do it. Yeah. Um, but again, working full time, having kids, um, you know, managing life. It was really that I, it wasn't something I saw an end to. I was just doing it. And then um, so I do, I have a special, it'll always be special to me because it's my first book and um, I can actually say I did it and I'm very proud of it. Um, I really like the story. I think it's very different. I've been told it's very different than a typical romance novel. So I'm, I'm, I'm really proud that I sort of thought outside of the box and said, I, I want to make a story that um, is going to leave people touched. It's going to leave them thinking about things in life. Um, you know, it's got a really good element of, I based all my books in the 90s um, because I didn't want there to be cell phones. I didn't want there to be emails, which you can relate to. That's a tricky part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't want there to be emails. I didn't want it to be um, where you can get in touch with someone so quickly that it takes that heartbeat element out of it. I wanted them to run into each other on campus and you know, you catch him, you catch his eye, like that kind of thing. And you have to find out who someone is. And so I really set the stage um, in the first book with that. And I think I've always really enjoyed that, that that's, I find it fun to write. Mm-hmm. Um, writing about a fictitious campus has been so much fun. I've made up the entire campus. I can map it out in my head. <laughs> I know where the buildings are. Um, that's been a lot of fun. The difference with my second book, I, I wrote it in the first person. so. Um, I wanted to change it up a little bit. I wanted to tell one of the character stories, mm-hmm. um, but it really ties in the first book as well. So I, 
I really did enjoy writing that book because I hadn't written a book in the first person, so that was really enjoyable to me. And I can pick that up whenever I want and know exactly where it is um, because it's all about her. So that book is really enjoyable to me because I can literally flip open a page and just sometimes when I just feel like doing it, I'll just start reading and I can kind of get into her and know where she is. And um, with the third book, I went back to the original um, framework. So it's past tense. It's um, all about the characters. And so I'm kind of one in three are sort of written in the same context. So it was fun to do the third because I went back to how I did for the first. So yeah, kind of well, switching it up a little and bit. That's interesting that you went third person, first person. Yep. Uh, did you find sometimes it was hard to do first person because uh, I don't know, for me, I first wrote a draft in first and then I switched to third because I felt like I was able to use my imagination almost more in third. Did that have any effect on how you wrote that? Yeah, it is hard. I envy people that write in the first person because I almost find um, you're really telling someone's story and how wonderful that is. And you can't really get lost in it. When you do a third person, you can bounce back and forth between characters, which is awesome. Mm. Um, But you really have to stay focused because you can kind of go start talking about somebody else and I've had beta readers go I'm not interested in that person you know they're <laughs> they're just a minor character you need to go back to the main focus of the book so I think with first person you can get right into it it's all about them but right. third person you know you can kind of get lost in a lot of different characters which writing books in college you have a lot of characters so right you just have to be careful of that but all right. Well, I feel like I have a thousand more things <laughs> I could <laughs> ask you. Uh, but sort of to wrap things up, um, any sort of things that you learned the hard way or things that if there was a young writer or a writer trying to get back to their writing or into their passion, what would you say to them or, or what are some pieces of advice maybe that you give to them? Yeah, I would say um, listen really well the first time around and take people's advice. Um, Really, if you should manage a budget, I didn't do that the first time around. Um, unfortunately, it is a business, so um, you know the creative part of us all wants to go. This is awesome. I'm going to write a book, but then you really have to sit and think. Okay, this is a business. It's going to cost me. It will cost you to make money. So, um, and not that it's about making money, but in order to actually do it right and to put out a product that you're happy about and that you're pleased, you're going. It's going to cost you money. Um, and so put again, put out a, a budget, um, spend all your money on an editor, um, spend the rest of your money on a really good book designer. There's tons out there. I have, again, I have tons of resources. Um, I've met some really great people in the business. Um, I talk about it a lot. I was just on a panel about book design at the New England Authors Expo. Um, people do judge your book by a cover. It's just the way we are. We want something beautiful. We want something that catches our attention. Um, We want something that tells us what genre we're looking at or what the book is about. Um, So that's really important. Um, And my advice is that anyone can do it. So if you really want to do it, you should really just hunker down and do it. And you'll be proud that you spent the time to do it. And um, it's something to be really proud of. So I would encourage anyone to at least try it. Try it and see what happens. So. All right. Awesome. Thank you, Laurel. You're welcome. <laughs> and if you'd like to check out any of those resources, I'm going to see if I can get some onto my website for yep. you. Uh, and the uh, website is www.theroomtowrite.org. 
And if you want to uh, be on the show and you're a writer and you're published in any form, uh, please give me an email at colleen at theroomtowrite.org. And thanks again. Thank Go you, on. Colleen. <laughs>